0: Welcome back to our penultimate episode of What Happens at Work, where we hear firsthand employee experiences and dissect them with experts to uncover what actually happens at work. I'm Amy Frampton, host and head of marketing at Bamboo HR, and I am so excited to be here with you. In this episode, we're gonna hear about some internal and external communications challenges. With the rise of social media, the ripple effects of the pandemic, and a changing generation of workers, managing internal communications has become a monumental task. Let's listen in on a story from Cashel, a radio producer who had been job searching and had just landed her dream job at a news network.
1: So I've got that offered from BNC. BNC, otherwise known as the Black News Channel. I was just so happy about that because one, it allowed me to move to a different state. And I had always looked at the network as a next step for me. I really wanted to try to do different storytelling. I know that I'm great when it comes to local news, local TV news. I can build shows, breaking news. I'm your girl when it comes to that. So I jumped at the chance to try something different. So within that first year, Christmas is coming, the holidays are coming. And so me and my coworkers get to work one day, and there's this email that goes out, a blanket, long email saying there are changes coming to the network. You'll know if you're impacted. So they just send this email out. My coworkers are like texting, like, did you see this email? So my manager at the time was just like, hey guys, I know you saw the email. I really can't go into detail. I don't know anything. He was like, when I find out, I'll let you know. Later that day, coworkers sitting across the room from me were starting to pack up their cubicle. And we're like, huh, where, where are you going? And like, yeah, I was just laid off. So this is a week before Christmas. That entire day, I watched people pack up their cubicles, pack up their office, their family come in to help them move everything out. People saying their last goodbyes. Goodbye. And giving hugs. And it's just like, I've never seen people be laid off and have to pack up, and that's their last day. They learn that day is their last day. So come back in in January. I'm feeling kind of sad, kind of anxious. I started applying for jobs because I'm like, Okay, I could come in after the holidays and they say, hey, we don't want you all anymore. But I'm still optimistic. Maybe it was just those departments they had to downsize. So I was applying, but I wasn't actively like, I have to find something to get out of here. Then a second round of layoffs come in, in January. No communicating. We just having to lay out these people off. What's going on? Nothing. This is really scary. So now I'm really trying to find a job because I just didn't know. Then
0: there was a bit of communication. An email came out from leadership saying they were going to
1: have a company-wide meeting. So they did a town hall, but it was pre-recorded. And you had to send in questions ahead of time. And so they never addressed the round of layoffs. They never addressed what was coming. They had people thinking that were still there after these two rounds of layoffs. We're balancing back. Our numbers are increasing. So I'm thinking like, okay, you can calm down. Um, March comes. Rumors are going around that possibly this could be the end. They sent an email saying, hey, there's an issue with processing payroll. We apologize about the inconvenience, but we're not going to make deadline for tomorrow. So the culture inside of the newsroom pins, needles, People are like, I'm not coming to work. Y'all not paying us. Like, what you mean you're missing payroll? Me, I was like, we still have a job to do. They're not saying they're not paying us. So I'm trying to be level-headed and cover right now.
0: So that was Thursday afternoon that Cachelle and her colleagues received this email
1: informing them payroll wouldn't be met tomorrow. Friday comes, and then I get a text message from a friend. She sends me the link to the article, and it says BNC shutting down after its highest rated week. So again, no one has communicated in a company to us what's going on. I find out from an L.A. Times article that was shared on Twitter. Everyone is sharing it. The article is
0: shared by coworkers, friends, acquaintances. It's flying around social media. Finally,
1: later that day, a message from the CEO. The CEO finally sends an email. This long, drawn-out email said... We hoped that we would be successful and find someone to, you know, invest in us and back us, but it just didn't work. But we did a really great job as far as coverage. And I'm like, sir, you could save all of that. Everyone started texting. It was like, you really sent us this saying how you're so proud of what we've done together. But y'all left us out. I just can't believe I went to work one night and I'm like optimistic. And then the next day I don't have a job. I'm laid off. And I learned from social media. Not even from my employer, HR, I learned from social media, and then hours later, you finally released a statement, you know, just saying we hoped for a better outcome, but it's, you know, unfortunately, we're going to have to cease operation. Today is the last day for everyone. Then they sent us an email saying your insurance and your benefits will all be cut off on the 31st. So this is on the 28th. How can you just treat people like this? It should be illegal to treat people like this. And I'm just so thankful that it's only me here. I don't have a family that's here that I have to support. But I'm thinking about all my coworkers who do. You failed over 150 employees. You started with 300. You laid off half the company in December and January. The remaining, you didn't even have the decency to contact them, reach out, say, hey, this is what's going on, and we're uncertain of the future. Now, you can never depend directly on one source of income. Never. I will never allow myself to get so comfortable that I only depend on a W2 source of income because at any day they could say, hi, we have to let you go.
0: This story was a hard listen. And unfortunately, not all that in common in recent years. But there are so many ways that leaders both inside and outside of HR can handle these experiences with more grace. When difficult situations and difficult conversations become necessary, increased transparency and in communication, resources, and support can go a long way. I'm delighted to unpack this story now with an expert in all things PR and communications, Jenny Dietrich, founder and CEO of Spin Sucks. So as you listen to this story today, what was your first reaction? You know, my first reaction was...
2: During the Great Recession, I, and very unfortunately, and I hate to admit this out loud, but did something really similar. I was paying attention, of course, to what the economists were saying, and I understood that something was coming. But not having gone through it as a business owner, I didn't really understand how bad it could be and what it meant for the business. And so I was looking for things like extra funding or a line of credit or some investment thinking that one of those things would come through or new business. Yeah. Thinking something would come through before I had to do layoffs. And so I didn't talk to my team about it. And that was one of the gravest mistakes I've ever made ever in the entire time I've owned my own business. Because they were shocked. And I had time to prepare, I had time to get the business ready, I had time to figure out what the layoffs would look like, and they were surprised. They were not it was it was sort of what she went through and it was a massive mistake and I wish I hadn't made it.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because we all learn, you know, we learn from those things, but sometimes going through them for the first time, you don't know how to do that until you've done it once or sometimes twice or three times. So as you listen to her story, what did the company do well and what did they not
2: do well? I'm not sure they did anything well. (laughs) It was pretty messy. And, you know, the whole anxiety of right before Christmas, watching your friends pack up their cubes in their offices to go home. And then thinking I'm going to be next, I'm going to be next, I'm and then making it right. Yes. And then have it happen again, and thinking I'm next, I'm next, and then making it, and then only had to have it ultimately happen like that. That has to scar her for life. I'm sure she'll come out on the other end great, but that doesn't
0: help a person's psyche at all. No, no, it doesn't. And I think finding out externally, in particular, would be something that would stay with you for a long time. So. You know, that this company was facing a a perfect storm, you know, of social media craziness and a recession and funding. And what are the principles that you think about? This is your specialty, right? So how do you think about both internal communications themes that could help people that are listening think about how they do better at this? Hopefully they'll never have to lay people off. But I think any sort of large announcements that changes people's, you know, the humans involved. Takes practice and and um, thought. So, what are the internal and external themes that you'd look at for best practices for this? I would say there's a few things. The first thing is
2: be a human being and understand that every decision you make is going to have consequences. So, think through those consequences. And you have to have different people in the room. You have to have someone from HR. You have to have someone from communications. You have to have somebody from sales to help sort of widen the the understanding of what the consequences will be. We had a client several years ago that was making an acquisition, and they wanted to lay off about 200 people before they made the acquisition. And I remember sitting in that room with them saying, okay, what is the perception of that? You're going to lay off 200 people, and these are people's friends. And then two days later, you're going to announce you've made an acquisition? Let's think about that. And I, you know, I remember sitting there and we were all debating the pros and the cons and they ended up not doing it. And they ended up not having to lay off that many people after the acquisition. It ended up being much, much better for them in the long run. But I remember sitting there with them talking through, like, what are the consequences of this? And how is this going to affect you? And how does it affect the people who are left?
0: Yeah, it's it's looking at all of those pieces across the board, right? I often say in, in whether it's external or internal comms, People don't care about our org structure, you know, so they don't care that one team is thinking about a layoff and one team is thinking about an acquisition or one team is thinking about X and one team is thinking about Y. They see it holistically. And so thinking about how that's going to hit the humans involved or the external press seems really important. So let's talk a little bit about a, a part of communications management, which is crisis communications. You know, I've been at companies and you've had outages, you can have executive change, executive level change, you can have financial issues. How do you think about crisis communications? And and now, of course, you can have these social media, you know, all of a sudden something something goes viral and that's a crisis in and of itself. How do you think about crisis communications? We think about it from two
2: perspectives. Is it an issue or is it a real crisis? And the difference is You know, usually a social media crisis is an issue because it's going to be fast and it's going to be quick and it's not going to create massive issues for probably more than 24 or 48 hours. A crisis, on the other hand, is something that lasts longer, affects reputation. If you're public, it affects your stock price. If you're private, it affects your profitability or your revenue. So it affects the cash in some fashion. Every quarter we go in and we say, okay, let's take a look at What the different scenarios are, what we think might happen, you know, we're doing a ton of stuff around whether or not we have a recession, what that might look like. And to your point, having different paths and different plans, like I think one client, we have five different plans, depending on what happens. And we'll actually put it on the whiteboard and say, okay, here's all the issues. Here's what we think could be a crisis. And here are the things that could happen to make that issue become a crisis. So, as long as we can manage it and keep it over here as an issue where it's not going to affect reputation or revenue, we can manage that. But what are the triggers that might happen that would make it affect one of those two things? And what do we need to do to to prevent that from happening?
0: And how has social media changed that? You and I have been doing comms and marketing long enough that we remember when social media couldn't do that to you as much. I mean, it's completely changed
2: everything. Remember uh, on This Is Us. But when they finally showed how Jack died with the crockpot exploding, first of all, nobody knew that was coming. But crockpot was, was sent
0: into emergency crisis because everybody was like, oh, "I'm my crockpot's my, yeah. my crock going to blow up. But then there were challenges with how they came back, not to any fault of their own. But I have to say in those moments, I always think, oh, those four comps people.
2: Because, you know, you know yeah. what's happening. They're up all night. They haven't slept. Their adrenaline's going as fast as they can. They're they're managing all different stakeholders, trying to get
0: a message out and do it really fast. So the leaking to the press, to me, that, that says a lot of things. Someone felt either unease or a lack of loyalty or confidentiality to leak it. And then how the company handled it, which sounds like they didn't jump on it maybe as quickly as they could have. Can you talk about both of those elements? I think you're right. If something is leaked to the media like that, you have
2: a lot of discourse internally. That's something we talk about all the time. Like we have a client going through something right now and I keep saying, okay, what happens if this gets leaked? How are we going to handle it? And they keep saying, no, no, no. And I'm like, no, I'm telling you someone's going to leak it because you have 3,000 employees and not everybody's happy. Like it's hard to get them to think through that because everybody believes that everybody's 100% happy. And that's just not the case. So you have to be prepared for that. And I don't think this company was prepared for that at all. It was definitely devastating because you never want the media to tell your story first, ever. You want to be the first one out, tell your story, and then let the media help you gain credibility for it. Because as soon as the media is telling your story for you and you're on the defensive, it's never
0: going to be good for you, ever. That's exactly right, and when I was at comms agency, let's just say a lot of years ago, when there was not social media. But this phrase was always, I don't know if if people still say this, if you write something internally, no it could land up on the front page of the New York Times. And now it's even easier because someone can just tweet it. These two worlds talk all day long. Your internal are consumers and your external have jobs and they understand, you know, how things should be handled and and mistakes. And
2: unfortunately, we live in a world where Salacious headlines are what people are looking for. Like, that's just
0: how we are. So that's what our society is made of. So as soon as something like that happens, it gets news. What could the leaders, especially the middle managers at this company have done, do you think, to help alleviate some of this?
2: You know, it sounded to me like maybe they didn't know. You know, cer- certainly somebody knew because somebody leaked it to them to the press but it sounds like maybe they didn't know at the top you have hope something's going to come through you think you're going to have that investment money or something's going to come through where you're not going to have to make this devastating decision and one of the most challenging things as a business leader whether or not you own the company or are on the leadership team one of the most challenging decisions you have to make is ripping that band-aid off pretty fast what did she go through like would did we decide? Four, four or five months, months of just oh like, <gasps> yeah. right? That's terrible. That's terrible for humans. So it probably would have been better in the long run had they just done it all at once in December.
0: Yeah. Thinking about it from your audience, again, as a, I'm a marketer, right? So I think as much as I can about how is it going to be the receiver? You know, how is the receiver going to see this? And if it's over four or five months yeah. and she finds out about it in the press, we've seen a lot of companies lately there have been some layoffs and some of them have handled it beautifully and some of them have really stumbled. And I know that's Mm -hmm. not the intention, but, you know, they become social media storms around, hey, all these people got laid off on a Zoom call or all these people just got an email. What does it take to do something like this, a major communication that is going to be both external and internal to do it well. Honestly and truly, and you're a marketer, so you understand this, you have to have the communicators in the room. And when it's not done
2: well, it's usually because there isn't. It's, it's usually because, and I mean no disparity against attorneys, but it's usually because the attorneys are making the decisions or the accountants, right? They're only thinking about the numbers or they're only thinking about the legalities and they're not thinking about reception. And, yeah. you know, c- the conversation I have with our clients' counsel all the time is, listen, You might win in the the court of law, but I have to win in the court of public opinion. So we have to work together. And it's usually the organizations that don't have an experienced communicator on the team helping them through that. Or even an experienced marketer, like you would know what to do too. You would know how to to message that. But if you don't have that person or that team in the room, you can fumble big time.
0: It's true. It's interesting to see how different companies have managed it, you know, in different ways. I think you're right that there's always that intention at the top or at least with layoffs that, oh, we're going to get additional funding, we're going to get something. And so it's almost like a denial of planning, you know, and, and what I tend to advise when I had clients and now that I'm in-house is, you know, work both paths. Be prepared if it doesn't happen and be prepared if it does. Who have you seen it handle it well or just the principles on how they handle it well, if you don't want to name names? I think the challenge with
2: companies that handle it well is you
0: don't hear about it. But I think the principles are just it's
2: communication. And doing it on a Zoom call with a whole bunch of people or doing it in a town hall meeting or sending an email. There used to be a company here called the Homemade Pizza Company where you could go and they would make your pizza and then you take it home and bake it so that it was nice and fresh and hot when you could. well, everybody came to work one day and there was a sign on the door that said, We've gone out of business. Like the employees. That's how they found out. Oh, like, cool. So oh. just communicate. I know it's hard. I know it sucks. And in some cases, I think Shopify just laid off a thousand people, but they handled it extraordinarily well because they had the managers sit down one on one with the people who were being let go and help them understand why. And in most cases, it was because they were preparing for a recession and it had nothing to do with the person. It's just they are having to tighten their belts and help them understand what their severance package looks like. Help them understand what resources are available to them to help them find new jobs. Like, do all of that and then make your external announcement. When you do it via Zoom or you do it via an email or you put a sign up on the door, that's prime for somebody taking a picture and tweeting about it and media picking up on it. So don't do those things.
0: And what struck me is communicate like you're communicating with humans. Yeah. These are people that matter. These are people. And you mentioned earlier that you had had to do some layoffs during the last recession. Did sharing this story today make you reflect on that? I appreciate your willingness to share that because that, that's the hard that stuff we all do and we all hopefully learn from, but it doesn't make it easy. I remember when I told the team and a young
2: woman who worked for me pulled me aside and said, you know, I wish that I had known because I would have helped you come up with some solutions. She said we could have gone part-time. And I, like, even still today, it just, you know, it's, and I think that's the difference. And that, that's what I learned from that is the business is going to go through hard times. Every business does. You don't have an upward trajectory ever. Typically, when a business doubles in size, it breaks somewhere. So it has ups and downs constantly. But if you bring your team in to let them help you, you're not going to have these devastating results. People are going to feel bought in. They're going to feel much more loyal. All the things that happen because you trust them to help you get through the
0: hard times. That's great. It's a great thing to, you know, that we all can learn from the reflections. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. It has been my absolute pleasure. Jenny's insight and Cachelle's story makes me consider not just how challenging it is to navigate as the leader and as the employee, but how much we can gain by having transparent and thoughtful communication. And how much we gain by getting ahead of any change, crisis, or issue that we may need to manage internally. When all else fails, remember you cannot be too prepared for the challenging events. Thanks for joining us for another episode of What Happens at Work. We have a whole season packed with surprising stories and insightful conversations. If you haven't heard previous episodes yet, go back and check them out. We unpack first days, psychological safety in the workplace, and pivoting between jobs. While you're at it, give us a rating and leave us a review to let us know what you'd like to see in the future. Big thanks to Cashel for sharing her story and to Jenny Dietrich for her expertise. You can learn more about Jenny at spinsucks.com. Thanks to our Bamboo HR team, Sweetfish Media, and our producer, Alana Nevins. You can learn more about Bamboo HR at bamboohr.com.